May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. Before the days of social media, the church's best marketing tools were t-shirts. And on the campus of the University of Georgia, they created one of the more provocative t-shirts, as college students tend to do. Uh, And they translated this verse that we just read, and they simply put on the back of the shirt, Eat me, with Jesus sitting there saying, Eat me. In our modern-day vernacular, the phrase, Eat me, is usually said in a pejorative sense. You don't tell someone to eat me unless you're trying to offend them in some way, right? It's not very nice to say. I'm not sure Jesus was trying to be mean, or he wasn't even trying to offend people, but but the Jews who heard this would have been quite offended. According to the Hebrew Scriptures, before you could eat any kind of meat, you would have to drain the blood from the animal. That is what kosher means. And regardless of any kind of Jewish purity laws, there's also this issue of cannibalism. Whether you take offense at Jesus' words or not, the statement is so provocative that we should be left scratching our heads. Why would he say that? He can't be serious, can he? How does he expect us to eat him? Make no mistake, Jesus is dead serious. This saying comes at the end of a a very long, very detailed, very redundant teaching on the relationship between the living bread of heaven and the Son of Man. And like a teacher who is trying to explain a foreign concept to to her students, Jesus makes it painfully clear that he is the living bread from heaven, that his flesh is the flesh that gives life to the world. And finally, he says, if you eat me, then you will have eternal life. There's There's no question about that. And I believe that Jesus is saying this because Jesus isn't simply calling Uh, us to think about things differently. Jesus isn't simply telling us that we should engage in new spiritual and holy practices. Jesus isn't even demanding that we change how we act. Rather, Jesus is calling us to take on the life of God in His flesh and His blood. And like a change in a physical diet, we will undoubtedly act, think, and pray differently when we consume the flesh and blood of Jesus. And so by inviting us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, Jesus is calling us to be more than bystanders, more than observers of the kingdom of heaven. By consuming his flesh and blood, we engage in a lifelong process of being transformed into living members of the body of Christ on earth. In the flesh of Jesus, in the flesh of Jesus, God is not offering some spiritual escape from this big, bad world. Rather, like Paul said, in the flesh of Jesus, we become citizens in heaven who take up our residence on earth. Someone someone else called us resident aliens. We are resident aliens. God's salvation project is about the renewal of this earth, about the renewal of this earth by making his heavenly reality incarnate on earth. Why else would Jesus say, eat me? if our salvation didn't have something to do with this physical reality, this bodily reality. K. 
Kathleen Norris, who wrote Amazing Grace, maybe you've read it, says it like this. It seems right to me that in so many instances, in both the Hebrew Scriptures and the Gospels, salvation is described in physical terms, in terms of the here and now, because this is how most of us first experience it. Jesus, the incarnate Word of God, the new creation, thy kingdom come, thy Father's will on earth as it is in heaven, is the one who grants us salvation in this physical realm. And when we live in Him, when we abide in Him, we too become a part of that salvation project in this physical world. When we consume the life of Christ, God's restoration project becomes a part of our DNA. It becomes a part of our flesh and our bones. And we can't help but to think and act and pray differently for the sake of Jesus and His kingdom on earth. Jesus' flesh is true food and His blood is true drink. Now, I've been doing some reading and, um, uh, and research on how food and, and drink affect not only our physical health, but our emotional health. In these days of processed foods and, and pesticides and everything else we, we inject into our, our, our food, it's scary to think about all the harmful stuff we are putting in our bodies uh, in the name of convenience and mass production. It's frightening to consider how many of our physical and mental and emotional problems are directly related to the food that we eat. And regardless of how you think about this matter, uh, it's hard to argue that what we eat and what we drink has a direct correlation on how we think and how we act and how we feel, right? You feel much different after uh, arugula salad at lunch uh, than a uh, double cheeseburger with bacon, uh, right? You feel differently, right? I, I want to take a nap after I have the double cheeseburger. I'm ready to go after the salad. I still haven't learned how to eat the salad instead of the cheeseburger. I'm getting off script here. So <clears throat> as you've heard it said before, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. Likewise, the spiritual food that we ingest is directly related to how we conduct ourselves, uh, our spiritual lives on earth. Uh, unfortunately, the, too often does the church water down, process, sterilize, and cut corners on spiritual food in the name of consumerism and relativism. Too often does the church encourage spiritual tinkering, as I like to call it, that allows people to stand at an arm's length from any kind of commitment to Jesus and his kingdom. And I'll be the first to admit that I give in to that, that temptation to create uh, uh, watered-down food. But, but Methodist Bishop Will Willimon says, Jesus wants all of us because he wants us to have all of him. All of him. Or like John of Patmos said uh, to the people or in, the, in, the, in the Revelation, be anything but lukewarm. Either you're all in or you're all out. In the fullness of time, the kingdom of heaven makes no room for the middle ground. The middle ground is eroding away. And in the fullness of time, only the kingdom of heaven will stand. And in our bodies, we shall see God. The spiritual food and drink that we are given in the flesh and blood of Jesus might be described as an acquired taste, as some might say, an acquired taste. If you've been consuming processed or sterilized uh, spiritual food, and the flesh and blood of Jesus might seem a little too real, a little too in your face. Uh, if you've been consuming cheap spiritual carbs, then the spiritual food of Jesus might seem like too much work. But once you've had the spiritual food and drink of Jesus, that once it becomes a part of your regular diet, 
then you will want to spit out the other cheap stuff, the watered down stuff, the domesticated spiritual food that you've been ingesting your whole life. You'll, you'll begin to crave what is good for your soul. You will begin to seek truth and peace no matter the cost. You will hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus' flesh is true food and His blood is true drink because He is the one who sacrificed His body and shed His blood on the cross for a world that was dying of hunger and thirst. This passage from John gives me a, a new way of thinking about the atonement, thinking about why did Jesus have to die? Uh, yes, He died for our sins. Yes, He died to show us that love is stronger than hate. But Jesus also died to give us the food that endures for eternal life for us on the cross. Our life in the kingdom of heaven is not marked by consuming what we need to live. Rather, through Jesus and in the flesh of Jesus, our life in the kingdom of heaven is marked by the one who gave his life so that others might live. Our life in the kingdom of heaven, available when we eat and drink of Jesus, is about recognizing the corrupt and destructive nature of our kingdoms, of our earthly kingdoms. And instead of participating in those kingdoms, and even instead of condemning those kingdoms, we are called to a life of repentance where we feed the world with the spiritual food of Christ's body and blood, a food that makes us want to work for justice and peace, a food that makes us want to work for compassion and mercy, a food that humbles us, a food that brings renewal and restoration to this world. For the Lamb who was slain is risen from the dead. Amen.